Podcast. Let's talk about the weather. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the very first episode of our Oddcast show. My name is Martin Marley, and I'm happy to introduce today's guest. It's my colleague, Holger Wille. Hi, Holger. Hi. Uh, normally, we would have welcomed you in person in Paris at the MTW Expo. But as we all know, this year is a bit different. Nevertheless, here is, uh, we're here to share some insights with you on meteorological monitoring. Today, we're going to talk about cloud observation with help of instruments called silometers. We will have a short introduction on the measuring principle, show some applications and typical users. Finally, we will talk about the silometer range of odd hydromet and mention the key differences and benefits within our portfolio. This is why I have Holger from Berlin on the line. Um, Holger, you're a product manager at Hydromet and an expert for this kind of instrument for optical sensing. Uh, so could you briefly explain what a silometer is and what it does? Yes, of course, I can. So a silometer, a silometer is a LiDAR instrument. What is a LiDAR instrument? Um, most of you know a bit about radar instruments. So you have something which is sending out uh, um, a signal. This signal is somewhere reflected. And then you collect the received signal and calculate the distance, for example. You all know these from the, from the speed measuring um, devices and from other devices. So the difference between LiDAR and radar so is mainly the wavelength. The wavelength, the wavelength here is in the visible or in the near-infrared, sometimes also in the UV light. And so any LiDAR sends out these light pulses, typically as pulses, and you do simply a measurement how long this pulse is traveling. And then you calculate the distance. So this is used as a salometer is a LiDAR. It's a simple form of a LiDAR. And the silometer um, is measuring the distance. It's called silometer because it measures the ceiling. The ceiling means the cloud, the base cloud height. That's the main purpose of these kind of instruments. And so the ceiling height from silometers, that's something which is, uh, yeah, which is the main output here. So a silometer is basically uh, an instrument to measure how high the cloud is above us, right? That's correct. That's the original purpose of these kind of instruments. Um, but our instruments measure other things too, right? That are in the way of our light pulse that we are sending out. That's, that's correct too. So um, modern instruments, modern salometers have different purposes in addition to just measure the lowest cloud base height, so the ceiling. So between the instrument, which is typically installed at ground, um, and the cloud, you have aerosols, typically um, up to uh, dense aerosols, human-made or from dust, dust aerosols, different kind of uh, particles in the air. 
they are typically spread up to two kilometers, three kilometers high, depending on the weather situation. And our instruments can measure these particles too, at least where the particles are. So who is interested in measurements like this? Who, who needs instruments like a sealometer? So as a main purpose is the sealing, the lowest cloud base, that's uh, the most important uh, user group is here, the aviation market. And so all for helicopter flights, for all visible, but also for instrument flights, you have to know where the lowest cloud base is. And there are critical levels, let's say something like 500 meters altitude. And those critical levels are, uh, um, you have uh, different laws coming from the aviation market where where you can use a visible flight or where you have to, where you can only fly if you have an instrument flight on board. And uh, this is, uh, this so this is an essential parameter um, to allow, for example, a rescue helicopter to start or to land. So a cilometer is, for in this case, very important for pilots and for air flight safety. That's get correct. That right? mm -hmm. That's correct. That's the main purpose of these instruments, where they originally came from. So, nearly everybody of us who is traveling by plane uh, has some contact with our instruments, without knowing it. That's correct. That's uh, typically it's not invisible the instrument of course but uh, it's equipment on airports but not only at airports it is also equipment by med services and um, these instruments are located maybe between airports so if you think about a rescue helicopter flight from one station to the other the helicopter is not flying as high as an airplane so between these two to um, um, places where the helicopter starts, where it has to land, you need also measuring devices um, and, let's say, uh, knowledge about the lowest clouds. And of course, also, when you think about an accident at the motorway, you have to know also the cloud base at this area. Mm -hmm. you, you do not have everywhere a centimeter, of course. So that's... Uh, um, there are models behind and, and other techniques also to get this information in addition. Understand. Um, you said that they are not invisible. So how does a cilometer look like? Normally we could show it on our booth, but now we're not in Paris. Um, so could you describe how that looks like? Yeah, it's an instrument um, which is... Uh, which might be a meter high, so it's uh, it's a typical height of such an instrument. Might be a little bit higher, meter fifty, one uh, one point five meters, and uh, so it has some optics inside. So typically open from from the top, you have a window, and you, you, so you can look inside. Of course, a laser beam has to be transmitted out of the instrument. Um, normally vertical into the sky, some, sometimes a little bit tilted. Um, but uh, yeah, that's, that's a typical size of the instrument. And it is connected to some power supply, of course. 
um, as uh, these laser devices are taking more power as, let's say, a temperature sensor, you need to uh, have typically AC-powered devices and not DC-powered. So we'd really like to share uh, a view on this um, instrument, um, but you can take a look at our internet page at www.luft.luft.com or for our American friends, www.odhydromet.com and you will find the Cedometer section there with pictures and applications and there you get an impression how this instrument will look like. So we've been talking about aviation and airports where oscillometers uh, are used typically. Um, is there anybody else using these instruments? Yes, there are a couple of people um, um, using it and different user groups, of course. We talked about the aerosols already. And uh, this is um, of interest of environmental agencies and um, also of the med services. The med services, of course, are... Uh, using also the cloud. The difference maybe between the aviation market and the net services, the net services are also interested in different cloud layers and higher clouds. These higher clouds are, let's say, not so much of interest for the aviation industry, but uh, from the net service point of view, they want to detect all kinds of clouds in the whole troposphere. So troposphere means um, that these are roughly in Europe the lowest 15 kilometers, mm -hmm. and uh, this and you have can have different cloud layers. You have clouds close to ground, but you might have cirrus clouds too. And uh, the med services are measuring all of these clouds. The, so, is it possible to measure some layers which are above each one? Yeah, it little bit depends. You have laser light here first. So um, with the laser light within the visible range. So what you can see with your eyes is typically what the instruments can say can see. Mm -hmm. So uh, if you have a dense cloud close to ground, then the uh, laser beam um, might be fully reflected or um, scattered. Let's say it's a correct term here um, by by the different cloud droplets. Within this, within this cloud, and so you, through a dense cloud, you cannot look through really with the instrument. If this is a cloud which is not as dense, then you can detect also a cloud above this instrument. That's the difference between uh, different silometers in the market from different manufacturers too. One can look a little bit better through a cloud than other instruments, depending on the output power of the instrument. Does the wavelength play a role here as well? Yes, the wavelength plays, plays a role, of course. So you can have, as I mentioned in the beginning, you can have really visible light, you can have a green, you can have a, a red wavelength used for this kind of instrument, you can have infrared wavelengths. And in the atmosphere, you have water vapor. And this water vapor is absorbing a couple of these wavelengths. So if you select a wavelength, which is absorbed by water, your altitude where you can, which you can reach to detect, let's say, a cloud or other particles in the atmosphere is reduced. If you select a, a wavelength which is not absorbed um, by water vapor, of course, uh, you can reach to a higher level. 
everything depends on here on the wavelength, of course, and of on the output power and also of the water content and the atmosphere. Mm -hmm. So typically we would see rain on such a signal of a cilometer. Yes, rain, your, rain is different from water vapor in the atmosphere. Rain, you, um, so it's not, it's not the same story here. In, ah, rain, okay. in, in rain, you have, um, uh, you have larger droplets. These droplets, micrometer to millimeter size, whatever, in between. So for a laser beam, which is, uh, let's say, in the green wavelength at 550 nanometer, Anything like a droplet, which is uh, a, a hundred micrometers minimum or something, this kind of droplet is very, very large compared to the wavelength already. So let's say it's it's similar if, if you shoot with a ball against a, a wall. Mm -hmm. it's, this is a, this is a easier reflection or scattering process which you have here. So com wavelength of compared to water droplets is different. So we see where, um, water droplets and also rain in our signal. Uh, so laser beam is reflected somehow. All right. So the ball has no chance to get through the wall. With, yeah. When there is no hole. Yeah. Uh, you you know you know you you know how maybe a, a rainbow. What is something you know something about a rainbow maybe and uh, thinking about the rainbow. Of course the 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 light the visual light is re is um, refracted in this rainbow too uh, in these simple water droplets so it's not my image from the reflected ball it's a bit too simple of course you have uh, refraction processes different scattering processes here which is uh, which are important and with water vapor in addition also absorption processes all these things together um, what you receive really on your detector of your instrument depends on how efficient or how um, yeah how efficient this kind of process is. All right, you've talked about different wavelengths that are used in these kind of instruments. Um, I'm not the expert, this is you, but I've learned in preparation uh, to this episode that we are selling um, or we are making products that are using different wavelengths. So uh, why do we do this and who uses which product? Yeah, we have uh, an output for you, two different salometers. One, uh, it's an, uh, one micron wavelength. It's a so-called CHM15K. It is a long-range salometer. It has a so-called microchip laser on board which is a small laser having this one micron, 1.06 micron wavelength. And this, is, uh, this has the advantage that it's not absorbed at, with water, from water vapor. Um, it's, our instrument is uh, made to detect clouds up to 15 kilometer altitude. That's, that's our height, height above the instrument. That's uh, that's the reason of of the naming. The other instrument is is um, a, C a CHM 8K. It is made for an eight kilometer range, and only from this purpose you see there is a difference in the range. And the there are users. Who, 15 kilometers is uh, more the full troposphere range, 
eight kilometer is mainly made for the aviation market as they are not in interested in very high clouds anymore so high, um, high, how high does a typical plane fly Our plane can fly up to um, 11, 12 kilometers, but that's not that's not the issue here. Important for important for uh, the the plane is the start and uh, landing process, and there the centimeters are required when they are in the in the altitude of 500 meters or below, and they have to see the runway or they can't see the runway. This is really the differentiator. And so you need for, for the aviation mostly low clouds. Of course, you're interested in any um, uh, so-called columnimbus clouds. So um, these are um, different cloud categories. Uh, in addition, which can reach up to eight, even nine, ten kilometers altitude, but uh, mostly you are interested here during the start and landing process for low clouds. And for the 15 kilometer instrument, this is more for those people speaking about uh, coming from the med services and also from uh, doing climate research. They want to know also the scattering processes from high clouds and want to investigate and they are interested to know where these uh, um, high cloud starts and where they end. So if I get you right, the CHM 8K, CHM this is for cloud height measurement, right? That's correct. So the 8K is not just a smaller, cheaper version of the bigger one, but it's just for different application. That's also for different applications. One is more for, for the classical med services, one is more foreseen for the aviation market. And then there is something in between, not in between, you can say, that's a third party user uh, coming, uh, third and even fourth party users. They are coming from the environmental market, interested more in the aerosol studies and maybe also in interaction with clouds of aerosols. Doing so both from research and from the environmental are also interested in these kind of measurements, not so much in clouds, more in these other particles uh, which are um, in the atmosphere. This can be um, also volcanic ash, for example. It must not be uh, the aerosols close to ground only. Okay, so. Um with um, discussions like uh, about air pollution, smog, climate change, this could be a topic that is uh, becoming more important in the future? It is already an, an important uh, topic. It is more the case that the instruments are used more and more also for aerosol studies and giving, let's say, this upper level of uh, of a term which is called mixing layer height, which is a specific layer which can be uh, determined by uh, salometers, but also by other techniques and instruments. And these kind of aerosols, how they are distributed in the lower atmosphere in the first one, two, three kilometers, that's uh, of importance uh, for the air quality section two but uh, sometimes also uh, important how many aerosols are there. And um, when you think about stormwater events or events where you, where, where you have cloud formation and very, very heavy rains after 
these kind of heavy rain events, they are also influenced by the aerosols. And that's also a reason why you might have an interaction and research interest and uh, measuring aerosols in the lower atmosphere. Um, it's both for, for the air quality market itself, but also for cloud research and cloud formation process researches. Okay, Olga, thank you very much. I know that you are holding a webinar tomorrow and uh, we'll dive deeper into all these topics. Um, we still have some places to, to get into this webinar. What will you talk about tomorrow? Yeah, there are. Tomorrow I will talk about some application, get some, some um, ideas um, about uh, measurement examples for both the, um, the aerosol studies, but also for the cloud studies. Uh, so for, for users coming from, from, from different fields in the market. And we will talk a little bit more about the, the insights, how the different instruments perform. Yeah, the different salometer types in the market perform, and why it is the case. Yeah? And uh, you can see uh, you can see quite of differences when you look at close have a closer look at those signals. This will be the main topic for the webinar tomorrow: applications, different applications, and a little bit the different techniques. All right. So there are still places you can register at www.luft.com. Luft is the uh, brand that is um, producing these sealometers. And uh, under the events section, you can find two slots and you can choose the one that suits you more. Uh, Holger, thank you very much. So I look forward to the topics that we are covering on the next two days. Which will, this will be the future of a road weather monitoring and uh, different ways to measure precipitation, rain, snow, hail, and so on. So... Uh, See you tomorrow. Thank you very much. Thank you, Holger. And stay tuned. Let's talk about the weather.